Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's edge day, Matt. We are going to break down, we teased it last week, your top 25 edge players in the NFL. And you think 25, that's a lot of edge rushers, but there's a lot of good ones, right? This wasn't the easiest list for you to make? No, I mean, I knew this was coming. Like when I did safeties, I thought, man, I might struggle to get to 25. And it's not hard to pick any team out of the league. And most teams have somebody that you'd at least consider down as the honorable mention list or would at least consider them. Once again, I did not include rookies at all. So Chase Young isn't on here, but I mentioned his name in the preface saying he very well could be number one next year. You know, so I recognize the greatness that Chase Young brings to the table. They also are a little bit of a variety in terms of how do we define who's an edge and who isn't. So I pretty much took the entire spectrum of someone that more often than not lines up on the outside, uh, you know, shoulder of a tackle is the, the the most outside guy on a defensive front. But that's also Calais Campbell types, you know, J.J. Watt. That Some of these guys are 300 pounds, 6'8"-ish, you know. I mean, where some of them are traditional 3-4 outside linebacker types, too, that maybe are only 240 pounds that drop into coverage a fair amount. But defensive front distinctions are getting harder and harder. Before we get into that, though, some news around the league and a Friday news dump from Washington, the Washington football team, as they are currently called. Uh, Here's a statement from Washington about running back Darius Geis, who has been released. An official statement from the team said, Thursday, we learned of a potential domestic violence related incident involving running back Darius Geis. We immediately alerted the National Football League and have continued to work with them during this process. We then met with Darius to inform him that He was excused from all team activity pending a review of this matter. This afternoon, we learned that there were multiple charges filed against Darius upon review of the nature of these charges and following internal discussions, we have decided to release Darius immediately. So Darius Geis now no longer a member of the Washington football team and our own Chris Russell, who writes for Sports Illustrated and covers that team in Washington, also does the Washington football team podcast i just saw his new logo actually it just says washington football team which is funny i don't know when they're actually going to decide to to um to have a name for that team but he said that uh, a source told him that a current nfl gm said that when darius geis was drafted that 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 geis was quote the biggest piece of bleep he'd ever come across wow (laughs) Not the Washington GM at the time, obviously, because they spent a high second round pick on guys. He got hurt. Uh, he's only played five NFL games and one start so far in his two-year career, now released, and I'm not sure he's going to get a shot anytime soon to play for anybody. Well, first of all, every, every bit of news out of this organization, the football team in Washington, has just been horrible this offseason. I mean, like they have the worst mojo, the baddest vibes of any team in the league, in my opinion, right now. Okay, but I give them credit if he is a piece of bleep and did these things, they cut bait right away. I think that's honorable to step in the right direction. 
As for Geis, I I was kind of targeting him in fantasy this year, thinking I can get this guy cheap. Um, he has loads of ability. I remember just a couple years ago where him and Saquon Barkley were kind of neck and neck and as the best college football running back. I mean, he has that type of talent. But as I mentioned with this, this football team, everything that has happened to this guy or self-inflicted has been bad since he's entered the league, including when he got drafted. I mean, you you mentioned, I mean, he was he fell in the draft quite a bit. And whenever he did fall, the, the, the things I was reading and hearing was he's, you know, kind of beats to his own drummer, is more interested in Xbox and childish things and football. But I didn't hear anything that he's the biggest piece of bleep on the planet, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that might be some hindsight from that GM. Right, right. Playing that up to whatever source he's talking to. But, um, yeah, there was a reason that he fell a little bit in the draft and obviously injuries and everything had really hurt his career. So Darius Geis no longer a, men- men- a member of that football team, uh, a player that's had some problems of his own. Ruben Foster, though, back on the field working out. He has been cleared from his torn ACL from last year, uh, famously drafted in the first round by the 49ers, was released after some incidents and uh, is now in Washington. So I-, I assume he's on strike two right now with Washington and has to be very straight and narrow and and do everything right. But he was a first-round talent, so I wonder what we'll see from Reuben Foster in Washington. That's an interesting one to uh, to follow there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because he's another one that nothing good's happened around him since he entered the league. Um, super talented. You know, there's a lot there. They could certainly use him. I, again, I'm always for giving people an, another a chance, and hopefully he gets himself on the straight and narrow. Uh, real quick, back to Geis, though. If you if people remember, that backfield was very crowded, and now it's they have two old dudes, Adrian Peterson, who's an all time great, and just is a it will never go away. Peyton Barber, who's a grinder in that mold, and I'm kind of intrigued by Bryce Love, who they used a fourth round pick on last year. Yeah, and I'm very intrigued with Antonio Gibson. I think you like Antonio Gibson, and then JD McKissick still there so it's still not easy to sort it out even when their number one guy leaves Antonio Gibson is a weird one and the fantasy community mm-hmm. community right now is going crazy about Antonio Gibson I I'm probably going to be out on Antonio Gibson even though I liked him early in the draft process because I think it's going to get out of hand and it's going to go too high because he doesn't have I don't think an opportunity with Adrian Peterson on board and really the track record to make you think that he's going to carry the ball a lot on early downs he could be a nice third down option obviously so PPR leagues yes but I don't see the the total upside there and I really liked Antonio Gibson I thought he was gonna be a fifth round draft pick and he ended up going a couple rounds higher than that so um, I like Antonio Gibson I think he might be reaching the point of being overrated now at this point and the one that really intrigues me that you mentioned there is Bryce Love and it's funny yeah. because um, two separate people in Washington's organization have one compared Antonio Gibson's receiving ability to Christian McCaffrey as a running back. And then another, I think it was the running backs coach compared Bryce Love to Christian McCaffrey because they played at Stanford and he has that dynamic ability. So it's really funny that Christian McCaffrey is the guy that everybody gets compared to. And it's like, okay, well, when you hear that, okay, first of all, slow down because neither one of these guys is Christian McCaffrey, but Bryce Love was electric at Stanford. If he's passed his injuries and he has passed his physical and he's also working out there, um, they might have something. So I have no idea what to expect. It's probably a backfield I'll completely avoid when it comes to fantasy football, just because I don't know um, how 
I don't know how they're going to divvy up carries. I would assume it's going to be a heavy dose of Adrian Peterson early and then Antonio Gibson on third downs. J.D. McKissick, though, could do some of that work, and, and he's a veteran. And then Bryce Love should be probably the cheapest and the one that I would have in my roster, maybe just in case, maybe throw a flyer out there for Bryce Love's uh, athletic ability. Right, and I, I think it's interesting. There's some intriguing guys, but it's hard to count on things. I mean, I, I, I've gone grown more and more fond of Gibson since the draft uh, and think that he could be used in a dynamic way um, Dwayne Hassan is going to need some help. Yeah, he is going to need some help. They already lost their one of their wide receiver draft picks from last year in Kelvin Harmon to an ACL. And so a lot of Terry McLaurin, uh, I believe, is is probably going to be a heavy dose of that offense. So uh, he, he's probably the one to own in fantasy leagues. And, and that might be it. That might be it. All right. Let's talk edge rushers, huh? Yeah, let's do that. All right, Matt Williamson's top 25 edge rushers coming up. Now, if you're making a list of the top auto parts dealers online, there's only one name on it, and that is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the first thing you should think of when you think of auto parts and you think of car maintenance. Whether you're trying to fix up that old classic car or you're just trying to keep your daily driving vehicle out there on the road. Maybe you didn't drive your car for months during quarantine. Now the battery's dead. It happened to me. Thankfully, I bought Jumper cables from rockauto.com. Whether it's jumper cables, whether you need a new battery, motor oil, engine parts, brake parts, go to rockauto.com. They have everything you need an amazing selection, reliably low prices, the same prices for a do it yourselfer, professional mechanic. And when I say amazing selection, every part that ever existed in the world essentially is at rockauto. I'm blown away every time I go to their website. You can search by part number, by make, model, year. Simple, easy-to-navigate website. It's a family-owned business that's been helping people buy auto parts online for 20 years. So you can feel good about buying your auto parts at rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We already talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, Matt. Do you want to preface this list by anything, or should we just jump into your top 25 and start at number 25 here with D Ford? The only thing I'm going to mention is the honorable mention list because there's I'm going to get emails or you know tweets saying why wasn't Eric Armstead, Trey Flowers, Brandon Graham, Justin Houston, Matthew Judon, Ryan Kerrigan on this list because they all crossed my mind, and then two rookies from last year too that I think will absolutely be on this list, but I couldn't quite give them the nudge in Josh Allen and Brian Burns. The, all those guys are the just missed for me. That's amazing. The names you just mentioned right. didn't even make your top 25 edge rushers right now in the NFL. That's how good this position is. Exactly. I mean, it's a really good crop, and everybody would love to have all those names I just mentioned. By the way, you can follow along with this list. Is it live yet at Pro Football Network as of Monday? Well, as of Monday, it is supposed to be. Okay. I think it's up, so go check that out. We're recording this Sunday evening, so hopefully it's up right, there Monday morning at Pro Football Network, and you can follow along with Matt's list. Number 25, D. Ford, pass rush productivity ranking in the top 10 last year. Uh, his knee has been his real problem throughout his career. Yeah, and I like him quite a bit, but uh, and I think he's a little more finesse than power, um, part of a really good unit, which helps these guys a little bit, obviously, if you're playing with good players. But I think your Niners are quite happy they went out and acquired him. If he only plays third downs for the 49ers, he will earn his entire paycheck, which yeah. is very large. And I don't know if he'll continue to get that paycheck in 2021 with his chronic knee injuries. But 
just play third downs and they're good. And when Bosa and D Ford were both rushing the passer at the same time, the 49ers pass rush was the best in the league last year. Yeah, right. I mean, it says enough. Bradley Chubb, uh, he's a monster. I expect him on next year's list to be much higher than even 24. I would imagine as well. And I don't think he's quite as athletic as some of these guys. A lot of them are top 10 picks, top five picks. I think he's a little more power than he is, um, you know, flexibility, bend, those type of things. But, you know, he had 13 sacks as a rookie. <laughs> you know? and so that's the player I'm judging. I know he missed time last year, but I think the arrow is still pointing up too. Here's an interesting one. Number 23, Everson Griffin. Uh, he's not even on a roster. How did he rank ahead of some of these guys that were your honorable mentions that are still playing at a high level for teams? Yeah, and it wasn't an easy guy to spot because uh, there's been a lot of talk that Seattle's really into him right now. They absolutely could use him. Um, he's been a little, I, I guess he's dipped over the last year or two, but that was a pretty long stretch there. He was one of the better guys and probably is on his way off this list right now, but I think his body works pretty strong. At number 22, you have Cincinnati Bengals edge rusher Carlos Dunlap. He's another one that's not really the prototype because he's tall and long and not a great bender, you know, get low type guy. But, you know, he's productive year after year. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. I mean, imagine if the Bengals would have had some more leads. You know, he he played really well down the stretch. He's a monster against the run. He's an easy guy to overlook, but I think he's pretty darn good. At 21, a guy that's bounced around a few times already in the league, but is a bender and uh, can yeah. really just dynamically come off the edge, and that's Dante Fowler, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons coming in at number 21. And I'm proceeding with caution a little bit because he really was underwhelming for the first couple of years, but he didn't get, get a lot of attention in a Rams uniform um, as much as he deserved, but I thought he's coming off an excellent year, and I think he's way better than Vic Beasley for the Falcons. And he's rejuvenated his career. He was thought of as a, this, this massive bust in, in Jacksonville after being the number three overall pick and got traded, not for that much, to Los Angeles. And really, mm -hmm. uh, things got much better under Wade Phillips there for Dante Fowler. One of many that's doing things better outside Jacksonville than inside Jacksonville. The Green Bay Packers have a number of these players who can bring power, can bring a little bit of juice off the edge. At number 20, you have Preston Smith. Yeah, and I liked him a lot with Washington. Um, I was a little shocked the contract he got with Green Bay, but he more than lived up to it. He, he's very long. He can go right through a tackle. Um, I think they're pretty happy with the Smith brothers, and his his partner in crime will be coming up here soon, too. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's it's going to be a bit we before we hear about his partner in crime, yeah. the other Smith brother. Number 19, Jadavian Clowney, another free agent currently, uh, comes in just inside your top 20, not huge sack numbers, but still, as we say, disruption equals production. And that's what yeah. Jadavian Clowney can do. It's like, I'm going forward and you can't stop me. Right. And I know he's not on a team, but I also know that he's a good football player. Um, so some of his work kicked inside. He's a really good player against a run. Great power, explosion in a straight line. Um, his, his game's a little different than most yeah. of these guys too i mean he's a power dude that just pushes guards around it's amazing how explosive he is but he's not flexible so he doesn't beat right. you around the corner at all it's it's a really unique skill set that jadavian Clowney has and he's probably not for everybody 
which is probably why he's not signed aside from, you know, wanting probably a lot of money as well. Yeah. And even before free agency opened, I thought someone's going to vastly overpay this guy and think that he's a huge edge bending difference maker. And that's not really what he is. Does it say something about Clowney that the Texans were willing to trade him out of town and the Seahawks who ended up with him didn't really try very hard to sign him and bring him back? Probably. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a very short answer there, and it's probably yes. Yep. Telling. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, somebody that's trying to get out of Jacksonville, Yannick Ngakwe coming in at number 18. He is that flexible speed rusher. Really is. And, I mean, he can get run on. He's out there for one reason, and it probably won't come to fruition. But what if we could see Allen, Chason, and the Dockway out there? Man, I mean, talk about a lot of talent on the field coming screaming at quarterbacks. There's a lot of athleticism, and those two Ooh. young players you mentioned, Josh Allen and Brian Burns, I fully expect them to be on this list next year. Uh, those are two of my favorite young pass rushers in the league. That was such a ridiculous pass rush class in uh, 2019 in that draft, and it just adds to how good this already is because there's not a lot of those guys on this list yet. Right, right. I mean, most positions you come in the league like Allen or Burns, you'd be in the top 25. Kansas City Chiefs pass rusher Frank Clark. He's making a lot of money. I don't know if he'll see the end of his contract in Kansas City with how much money they're paying Patrick Mahomes and and now Chris Jones, but uh, like height, weight, speed, Frank Clark's your guy. Yeah, I mean, a, a very good player. Was excellent with Seattle before this. Didn't blow me away that Kansas City invested in him the way they did, especially the way they're built. But it took him a while to really make a mark, mark with the Chiefs, and Five sacks in the postseason is a nice way to remember him by. Again, I'm not sure if he'll see the end of his contract either. But, um, you know, I, I thought he was a middle-of-the-road guy for these great pass rushers. Tough one to rank, though. He's healthier than D. Ford, but they had to give up a first-round pick and pay him a lot more money to go from D. Yeah. Ford, who's number 25, to Frank Clark, who's number 17. Frank Clark, stronger, a little bit more power, a really good player, and I think most people would say he's better, but... They paid a lot, a lot to, to upgrade right. from 25 to 17, essentially. Yeah, you're right. In the, in the exact same offseason, obviously, those two will be forever linked. And, and maybe it had something to do with Ford's injury issues, too. Yeah. But um, all in all, you'd rather Ford for what you're investing than Clark. Clias Campbell, still going. Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, as you mentioned here in this article. Uh, he's just been that prototype, oversized defensive end for a very long time. Yeah, great player. I mean, I think he's going to get some Hall of Fame consideration. He's he's ending his career extremely strong. I mean, doesn't look like the others on this chart. I mean, six eight and three hundred pounds, and can line up all over the place. I hope that they don't overtax him on a snap count basis at this stage. But you know, you line him up on the inside. He's great against the run. You know, screw up Baker Mayfield throwing lanes and things like that. Uh, I think he's a great addition for the Ravens. Here's an interesting one at number 15, Robert Quinn with the Chicago Bears. A really up-and-down career. I'm actually a little bit surprised that he made it this high on your list because of because of how that, that career has been so inconsistent for Robert Quinn. But at times, yeah. that ceiling was so high. Yes, and I think of the top guy or of this list, that'll probably be the one that I get the most mentions of, you have him too high. And I understand that, but I adored him coming out of school and early in his career. So I've had a little bit of a crush on him for a while. And I thought he played like that finally last year. And boy, I would much rather have him than Leonard Floyd on the other side of Khalil Mack. 
Um, he is getting up in age a little, but I thought he came off a great year and has all sorts of ability. If you were to make this list into tiers, would there be a tier between 15 and 14? I feel like this is a little bit of that range. Maybe, except my 14th guy is Melvin Ingram. And obviously pairs with Joey Bosa to make an elite crew. But I almost felt like there'd be a tier between 14 and 13 because I didn't really know okay. where to put Ingram mm-hmm. because I didn't think he was great this past year. That's perfect. Yeah, because I sensed it was right in this range because we're going to mm-hmm. get into like the elite of the elite. And it's crazy that there's 13 of those guys, maybe 14 if you consider Melvin Ingram as part of that group. Um, so the top 13... And this, the, the order that you have him in, it's hard to argue, but it's also really hard to rank these guys. So uh, I'm interested to hear why you rank the top 13 in the order you did coming up. Coming in at number 13 on Matt Williamson's top 25 edge rushers for 2020, it is Dallas Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, yet another guy that making huge money, prime of his career, good against the run. Beats up on single teams, handles double teams. But he probably would have been a little higher if I did this one year ago as opposed to a five-sack season in 2019. But watching the tape, I didn't think, oh, boy, he's losing a step. And the exact opposite of that is the guy who had 20, 19 and a half sacks, I think it was, last year leading yeah. the league in Tampa, and that is Shaquille Barrett at number 12. Again, I mean, he doesn't have the track record that most of these guys are about to talk about or the pedigree. But I thought he was a really good player for Denver. He was just behind Vaughn Miller, Demarcus Ware, Bradley Chubb. You yeah. know, like I don't fault him for that. I don't think he's going to get the 19 and a half sacks again. But you watch him on tape. They weren't. Sometimes sacks can be fluky. You know, they're cleanup sacks. You don't really beat somebody. Blown block. Quarterback doesn't, you know, rolls right into you. He earned every one. I mean, I thought he did a really nice job. I think it's a great point about him being blocked and just such a great move by Tampa to bring him in and recognize that and, and let him be him and be an every down rusher off the edge. And you're right. 19 and a half sacks. That's a crazy number. Like you don't look into 19 and a half sacks. You might find a guy who gets double digits and, and had a year where he had a lot of easy sacks, 19 and a half that you just don't accidentally get to that number. No, no. I mean, he was very, very good. And here's the other Smith brother just outside the top 10. Number 11, Zadarius Smith. Well, we, we skipped one. Oh, did we? we? JJ at 10. Oh, no, oh, I'm no. sorry. Just outside I, top 10. Yeah, number 11 is, okay. is Zedarius. I overlooked yeah. Zedarius. Yeah, yeah. I, I see the, I see I the Watson here, though. I didn't know where to put Zedarius because I thought, boy, they kind of overpaid him. I liked him with the Ravens. He was awesome last year, though. I mean, it was not fluky. It's the only time in the article that I reference pressures because I'm pretty sure that's a pro football focus stat. But he was number one in the league. They, they, you know, They could line him up inside, and he was overwhelming. I, I I kept him this low, and some people might be shocked that he's this high. I kept him this low just because I want to see another year of it. You know, I mean, sort of why I kind of lumped him, you know, with Shaq Barrett, but his tape was awesome. Yep. Disruption is production, and Zadarius Smith was about as disruptive as they come off the edge in 2019 for the Packers. And now we're getting into J.J. Watt territory here, top 10. By the way, J.J. Watt says he's, he feels as good as he has in years coming into this season. Hopefully, because I thought he was awesome last year yet again and is still a dominant, dominant player, maybe not at the all-time great level, 
but 16 total games through the 2016, 17, 19 season, you got to ding him for that. I mean, you just got to ding him for it, but I still think he's really good when he's out there. Absolutely. And it's scary. If he actually is at that level and is going to play at that level, that's bad news for those offensive linemen going up against the Houston Texans this year. Mr. Consistency in New Orleans, Cameron Jordan at number nine. And JJ's the first of some brothers here. A lot of brothers right. coming up yeah. in this, from the <laughs> next ones. Uh, Jordan's another one. I don't think he's an elite, elite athlete. I mean, by some of these standards, very much a power player. I mean, a little ahead of his time in terms of versatility. Um, you know, 15 and a half sacks this year. He has 58 since 2015. Only Chandler Jones and Aaron Donald have more. Um, I think he's been on the cusp of that defensive MVP conversation now for a couple of years now. Absolutely. Consistent, really smart yeah. player, technically yep. sound, good against the pass, good against the run. Love Cameron Jordan. Here's the guy that was number one on this list for a lot of years, or at least top three. That is Vaughn Miller from the Denver Broncos at number eight. And I kind of expect him to go right back there, except the competition's really hard. And I started him right around three, and when I kept refining it, I kept moving this guy ahead of him, and then this guy ahead of him, which might not be fair to Miller. Um, he is very good against the run, tracks things down from behind, got tons and tons of attention last year, which isn't uncommon for him. But it was a down year nonetheless. I mean, he was not as dominant a player. I don't think I'm going to be concerned about, oh, is he losing a step, though, with him either. Yeah. I can tell how difficult it was for you to break up the brothers, so you just put them together here at number seven. And number <laughs> right. six, you have the older brother, Joey, just ahead of Nick. Nick at number seven, Joey Bosa at number six. Yeah, and picking between them was really difficult for me. I think Nick's a little more twitched up, a little more explosive. I uh, probably gave the benefit of the doubt for Joey because I've seen him play at this level that both of them did last year for more than one season. Not that by any means do I think Nick's not going to be just as good, if not better, last year. Nick was really, really good in the postseason run. Joey just made a big buck. So, I mean, that's pretty darn good. Pretty amazing to watch Nick Bosa be, like, technically a 10-year veteran coming in as a rookie because the pass rushers usually take a little while. He's giving pointers to veterans with hand placement and, and technique on the sidelines. During games, the Nick Bosa is amazing. Yeah, a little bit more juice than Joey, a little bit smaller than Joey as well. That's going to be fun to watch how those two progress. And uh, Joey just got paid, so that means Nick's probably going to get about $30 million in a few right. years. Danelle Hunter comes in at number five from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, plays a ton of snaps. He's the poster boy for when your favorite team uses a third-round yep. pick on a guy <laughs> that's a, quote, project, you know, a fourth-round pick, something like that and didn't have huge production, and came in the league super young, but unbelievable tools to, to, to develop, and he keeps setting records for youngest guy to get to 50 sacks, 60 sacks, you know, all those type of things. Does it a couple more years, you're going to start talking about a Hall of Fame resume. I love what you said right there, because I was going to say the same thing. Everybody gets compared to Donnell Hunter when they're athletic out of college, but don't have the production and, and they're still really raw. You're like, oh, he could be the next Danelle Hunter. Doesn't always work out that way, but it did with sure. Danelle Hunter for sure. Like just a freak of nature. Yeah. I mean, sometimes projects work out. It's not necessarily a dirty word. And here comes little brother ahead of big brother TJ Watt from the Steelers of four. As someone, obviously I watch every snap of continues to get better. 
A uh, little tidbit that everyone might not know. He switched from the right side to his more natural left side a year ago and got better. And it also made Bud Dupree better. He has, you know, everyone knows how JJ SWAT, you know, is so good at batting down passes. Well, TJ has gotten to the point now where he is remarkably good at getting the ball out when he gets there too. I mean, these guys have these like special traits that they must work on relentlessly. Long arms is part of it too. I think Mm -hmm. got to thank mom and dad for that one. Uh, Miles Garrett, (laughs) (laughs) Miles Garrett also getting paid this off season comes in at number three and the prototype for height, weight, speed. What do you want an edge rusher to look like a defensive end? It's Miles Garrett. Yeah. I mean, except for maybe chase young who I didn't include, He's the freakiest guy of the bunch. He's the prototype, uh, exactly like you said, the way you draw it up. Everyone remembers the helmet smash, but I think that point on, you saw how valuable he was when he was out of the lineup. And he's the only one of this group that averaged a sack per game last year. So he was on an MVP pace too before that. And still getting better. Still getting better, yeah. With how freaky he is and how productive he already is, still only 24 years old too. Right, that's crazy. He also just got paid. I like how you have these ranked at the top, and I'm glad you have Chandler Jones in your top two coming in at number two for the Arizona Cardinals. He almost disappeared. He went to Arizona. People forgot about him, and and I think people who know, know, but people don't talk about how good he is. He is one of the top defensive ends and pass rushers still in the NFL and has the numbers to show it, but it's almost like he's anonymous since he went to Arizona and they're not winning and they're not on prime time. And, and, you know, he goes from, especially somebody who played in new England, because usually the the guys who play in new England get too much airtime and people overrate them, talk about them too much. And that hasn't really happened with Chandler Jones. No, I mean, amazing. I mean, he's still underrated. I almost put him first. I mean, he has 96 sacks since 2012. That's the most in the league. 19 of them last year, 19 of them. And he's the only show in town. I mean, a lot of these guys at least have a quality player on the defensive line that somebody's worried about. But every week, the the opposing pass protection scheme's got to be like, we got to do everything possible to slow down Chandler Jones. You know I mean? So I, I think he kind of went to the de- desert and lost some steam in the public eye for what he really deserves. He's a superstar. As you wrote here in your article, somewhat of a down year for the number one player on this list. People sort of writing him off and, and, and crushing the Bears for overpaying for Khalil Mack. So why did you still put Khalil Mack at number one on your edge rushers list? It wasn't easy. Again, I consider Chandler Jones. Um, I think Mac has been before last year was pretty clearly number one or you know, had a pretty good firm hold on it. it has a very wide array of pass rush moves can win with power, speed, counters, hustle, all the above. And a couple of these guys, yeah, I mentioned Lawrence, for example, people think, oh, they had a down year because they only look at the sack numbers. And sometimes the sacks just don't come and the style of play the Bears games went last year probably didn't help things either. Um, And we're talking about a bad year with eight and a half sacks. You know, like he was still very, very good. Would he have been your one? Yes. I love Clay Mack. Yeah, he's so amazing. He, that conversion of speed to power, how strong his hands are, uh, how good he is uh, in so many facets of the game. And I, I... I don't argue really with anybody on this list and, and all of the guys in your top 10. It's like, give me any of these guys all day long. But I sure. still like Khalil Mack the best. Uh, I, I like his combination of stuff as this pure 
terror off the edge that can beat you in every way that you need someone to win on third down and get to the quarterback. Lil Mac can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of feel like Vaughn Miller's in this conversation, but best you know, defensive player over the last three or four years, you know, has been Aaron Donald, but I think Mac is second. No, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. And that's why the bears had to pay that price because he was that guy. And those guys yeah, aren't usually even so available. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I fully expect you'll be like, oh, yeah, Khalil Mack. That's right. <laughs> a lot of people that tried to write him off be like, oh, yeah, it's still Khalil Mack. Yeah, it's still Khalil Mack. Right. I think so. Good stuff, Matt. That is Matt Williamson's top 25 defensive ends in the NFL. You can be mad at Matt and tweet him at Williamson NFL. You can tweet me at BD Peacock. We'll be back tomorrow doing it all again right here. All the latest around the league, Locked On NFL.